0: History of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together.
1: If you can please turn with me, we're making our way through the Book of Revelation. Revelation 19. We're picking up in verse 16 where we left off last week. Title of our message is "End Times: The Lord Mighty in Battle." End Times: The Lord Mighty in Battle. When we think of Jesus Christ coming to the earth the first time, I don't know about you, but I, I think of words like forgiveness. I think of grace. I think of kindness, patience, compassion, and, and all these words that you know I think about and I hope you think about his first coming. He, he came the first time riding on a donkey, and he, he came to save mankind. And we, we think of... You know, the way he came, very compassionate when Jesus was in the crowd. And it seemed like he gravitated to those with the most need. He was very compassionate, very loving. And and all these words, and I'm sure you have words that you can come up with. But when we think of his second coming, I don't necessarily think of those words. Because when Jesus Christ comes back the second time, he's going to come back as the all-powerful King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we think of words like almighty, all-powerful, all-ruling, the warrior, uh, conqueror. And because he's going to come back the second time in a different way, he's going to come back to conquer. And when he comes back the second time, uh, he's going to be the king. We're going to talk about that. But when he comes back, he's going to end the kingdom of the Antichrist. See, the kingdom of the Antichrist will be set up during the tribulation period, in some ways, the kingdom of the devil right now is set up. We live in a world that's controlled by Satan, and it's uh, let me let me put it to you this way: He he has usurped authority for a time right now, and uh, because of Adam's fall, there's sin that rules and, and all. But when Jesus Christ comes back, he will make an end to the antichrist, the the kingdom of the antichrist. He's going to come back, and he's going to rule in great power and great authority. He will be the king of peace, but yet he will be the king of all power and all might, and we serve a mighty God. Amen? Amen. So that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at here in our text, and I'm going to ask if you could please stand with me. I'm going to just go ahead and read Revelation 19. I'm going to read verses 16 to 21, as the apostle John writes, and it says, and he, talking about Jesus, has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, can we say it together? King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people free and slave, both small and great. Verse 19, and I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Last verse we'll look at. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Lord, we lift up this text to you, this passage that we're looking at. And Lord, I, I believe the, the notes that I have here that you give me, uh, things here that you would have me to talk about. I ask, Lord, that you would go beyond any notes that you would speak directly to our hearts through the simple teaching of your word. Lord, we know this is definitely futuristic. This hasn't happened, but it will happen. And with that, Lord, may you give us application. How, how does this, uh, how do these verses apply to us? Please make that clear. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been going through timelines, trying to look at, okay, when, where does this fall? And uh, obviously, this is at the very beginning of the Millennial Kingdom. It's the very end of the Tribulation period. It's right there, and I want to put a timeline up on the screen for you, just as a reminder. So chapters one, two, and three were the letters to the churches. So we looked at the letters that went out to the the seven churches. So we, we looked at that, and so, Chapter 4 and 5, we see the church in heaven. So uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, you know, John heard a voice that come up here. And so he has a heavenly scene in the future, and we're seen there in heaven. The church is there. We're there in heaven. We're worshiping God. So chapter 4 and 5 is a heavenly scene. The church is in heaven. Chapter 6 through 19, as we're coming to the end of 19, we've been looking at the tribulation period on the earth. I've pointed this out a few times. I'll point it out again. The church is never mentioned uh, with chapters 6 to 19. Why? Because we're not there. We're in heaven. We're not mentioned during the time of tribulation because we will not be on the earth during the tribulation period. We will be in heaven. Never mentioned. You can check that out yourself. We've been looking at that. But then, so the end of, we're right at the end of 19 and the beginning of 20, and that's the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the 1,000-year reign of Christ, and we're going to look at that even in more depth next week. And then you have uh, chapter 21 and 22, where there's a new heaven and a new earth, and we all live happily ever after. Doesn't that sound great? Before we jump back into uh, our text I already reminded you that the church will not be here during the time of tribulation. I believe that's very important for us to know. Um, The only thing that concerns me when I mention that is that you're part of the church. You're part of the body of Christ. Uh, Because you belong to a church doesn't give you a ticket out of the tribulation period. I hope you know that. The Bible says you must be born again of the Holy Spirit. You must have a spiritual birth. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Jesus told a very religious man, his name was Nicodemus, he says, you must have a spiritual birth. And so uh, I hope you understand that. You have to be born again of God's Holy Spirit to become a child of God. In John chapter one, it says, as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So my question to you, and I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands, but I'm going to challenge you, if you had to raise your hand, and I asked, okay, I want you to raise your hand if you've received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but if I did, my challenge to you is, would you be raising your hand? I mean, I joyfully would say, that's me, but the only reason I'm not doing it, because of the ones that will be like, well, I'll, I'll raise my hand for, because everybody else's hand is raised. No, 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 I want to challenge you. Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Let me, let me, before I get into the text here, let me just encourage you. There's a, one of the most powerful verses in the whole entire Bible is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him, they shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It goes on to say, the next verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. You see, God sent his son into the world to save us from our sin. He wants to save you. Today is the day of salvation for you today. And I know God is speaking to somebody here in this place, and it's the message to you is today, give your life to Christ. Do it today. Don't wait another day. God loves you so much. He he demonstrated his love for you by laying down his life at the cross of Calvary. He died in your place. You must believe that, and you must receive him into your life. Something I like to bring up every Sunday, and there's a reason behind it, The biggest reason is if somebody's here that's here for the first time, and I want to encourage you with something. The book of Revelation is the only book in the entire Bible that promises a threefold blessing. No other book promises a threefold blessing. We're blessed when we read it. We're blessed when we hear it. And we're blessed when we apply apply it, when we keep it. So we just heard it. We just read it. So we can close our Bibles, go home, and, and God promises he'll bless us with that but let's see if we can get some application and look a little closer at our text here. Back in verse 16, and it says, and he has on his robe, this is Jesus, and on his thigh a name written, can we say it one more time, king of and lord of lords. His name written. There's no mistake when he comes back. He's coming back as the king of kings. He's, he's coming back as the, the lord of lords. It'll be on his robe, so he'll have a robe, but it'll be permanently on his thigh because he's permanently going to be the king of kings and lord of lords. He'll never, never stop having that position for eternity. He's going to rule. Interesting. First off, there's no greater title than this title. There's no greater authority than this authority that he'll have. Nobody will be greater than Jesus Christ when he comes and rules and reigns for a thousand years and then rules with us uh, uh, for eternity. We're gonna be with him. He'll always be king of kings and Lord of lords. No greater power. As I mentioned earlier, this will end the the kingdom of the Antichrist when he comes, as we just read. But there's something else I, I wanna point out and really just kind of pondering through the text and thinking through it and all, and didn't really see this in any real commentary other than the reality that's a biblical truth, that he's coming as king of kings because he's coming as a political governmental ruler. Well, look at that. Sometimes we don't think of that. He's going to come physically He's going to come you know, here on the earth, but it's going to be to rule and reign. The government shall be upon his shoulders. We're going to look at that, that he's going to be the king of kings. No other authority is going to be over him. So he'll be a governmental political leader. And I'm excited because no one, we don't have to vote anymore. That's going to be fun. It's over. Game over. It's him. But also Lord of Lords. I believe that speaks of his spiritual reign over us because he'll be the great high priest. He'll be the one that will be on Mount Zion. So in you, you look through scripture, you look through the Old Testament, and you were never supposed to, the king would never was never supposed to pass the, the, that line to become a high priest. The high priest was never supposed to become a king. They were two separate authorities, and they weren't supposed to take each other's parts. But in this kingdom, this new kingdom, he'll not only be king, but he'll also be the high priest. He'll be ruling spiritually, and he'll be ruling over the nations. Isn't it awesome? And you might say, well, pastor, do you have any scripture to back that up? I'm so glad you guys asked that. That's a good question. Well, you know this one. We, we quote this during Christmas, uh, the celebration of Christ's birth, but there's more to it than the child. Listen to this. Isaiah 9, 6, it says, for unto us a what? Child, child is born. Unto us a... Son is given. So Jesus Christ, he was born as a child there in Bethlehem. A son is given, the Son of God. And the what? Government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Can we say this together? Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So you see this ruling, government ruling, but also Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his what? Government. And the peace, there will be no end. Isn't that awesome? Once he rules, there's going to be no end to his rule. Upon the throne of David. What was David when he was on the earth? He was a king. He was a shepherd boy, but he became a king. Upon the throne of David. He's going to rule as a king on the the throne of David there in Mount Zion. And over his what? Kingdom. Kingdom. It's talking about the Messiah. This is talking about Jesus. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even how long forever for the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this we're also told isaiah 2:2 2, 2, making it very clear now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it in other words when Jesus reigns on Mount Zion in Israel, everything, all roads are going to lead to, everyone, everyone's going to have to go there to, 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 uh, to have a Bible study, as we're going to see, to, to go up to the king. They're all going to flow to it. And it says, many people shall come and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will what? Yes. Teach us his ways. And he and we shall walk in his paths. I love reading that. He's going to teach us his ways. One of the greatest Bible teachers I believe that ever walked this earth, and during my day, was Pastor Chuck Smith. And I remember so many times going into the sanctuary, just sitting there, and just I'd get there early. I'd have my notebook out, I'd have my pencil ready, I'd have my highlighter there, and I just was like, just waiting. Okay, here he comes. And I would just take notes and highlight and highlight and notes. And oh, the Holy Spirit was just speaking. and Like, this is so good. We're going to go to Mount Zion, and Jesus is going to teach us. I don't know if we'll have spiritual highlighters. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have glorified bodies at that time. So I don't know if we're going to have glorified Bibles or just, I don't know how that's going to work. It doesn't, there's nowhere in scripture to tell us, but we're going to, we're going to be able to, to sit at this feet and learn. And he's going to teach us his ways. It even goes on to say, and out of Zion shall go forth the what? The, the law. We're still going to learn, guys. And the what? Word of the Lord from Jerusalem. If you're not into studying the word of God right now, You're missing out because we're going to do that in the millennial kingdom. We're going to be studying the word of God. Even then, we're going to learn more of who he is and learn more of what he's about. And it's going to be amazing. Guaranteed, it'll be the best Bible teaching you've ever heard. And he shall judge between the what? Nations. So we we go from the spiritual to the ruling kingship. We go back and forth and rebuke many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against what? Nation. Neither shall they learn war. Is that going to be something? No more swords. No more guns. No more nuclear bombs, atomic bombs. None of that. We're not going to need any of that. Why? Because there's only going to be one ruler over everything. No more defense budgets. There's going to be no war when he comes. There's only going to be one ruler. And he'll be our king. And he'll be our spiritual leader, and we will actually go up to Mount Zion and we'll hear him teach. But with application for this, guys, I, I just want to say for for application, just as a challenge for us to remind us, is he truly king and lord over us? Is he the the king and lord spiritually guiding you and also king ruling over your entire life? And I know we, you know, We want to say yes, of course, and he is, but this is a reminder to really maybe uh, just submit ourselves completely unto him over and over and over again. Allow him to be king, and you can trust him to rule over everything. You hear people say, Father knows best. Well, let me tell you, Father does know best. He knows best what's for us, and we're called to walk by faith and not by sight, and that's challenging. Because he, he gave us intellect. He gave us understanding. And, and so we, we have to balance that out with their intellect, with understanding and, and knowing and, and all this stuff, knowledge. And, but if it's, if it's all knowledge and if it's all wisdom, it, at times it's not faith. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. And we're to lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge him that he will direct our paths. It's him directing us. That's, that's, that's allowing, listen, that's allowing the king to direct you even when you're not sure which way he's going because you just trust him. He's king. And in order to, for him to be our spiritual leader is to be in his word, to learn of him, to understand what he's saying It's through his word. And that's a challenge for us. Is he Lord? I remember at Calvary Costa Mesa, under Pastor Chuck Smith's serving there and as one of the assistant pastors, I was on staff with Carl Westerlin at the time that's here with us. And we used to stand down front after Pastor Chuck would give his message and we'd stand down front. If people needed prayer, they'd come up for prayer. And it was an awesome time. Actually, Carl was great. And I remember one of my first days there, he, uh, just how warm you guys were and just said, you know, if there's anything you need, if we can help you in any way, let us know. We're here for you. And just, it was so awesome. And as I was up front, one of these times a gentleman came up and he had like a, an accent and he was, he, he, came up to me, he called me preacher. He says, Hey preacher, <laughs> seriously. And he goes, preacher, I need prayer. And I says, well, what do you need prayer for? And he says, my wife, she left me. My wife left me after so many years and she's gone. She's he says, preacher, please pray for me. And I says, okay, well, that's us Why'd she leave? He goes, oh, I've been drinking again. I says, "Oh no!" I says, "Well, let's pray. The Lord will take the, you know, deliver you." And do you, you, you accept Christ for as your Savior? No, preacher. I just need her to come back, Lord. I need her to come back. Please pray, preacher. Please pray seriously. Pray if she comes back. That's all I need. Please, please. And he's crying. Pray if she comes back. And I said, "Okay, let's pray." And he didn't want to hear the Christian to, you know, cement his life. He just says, "I want my wife back." Let's pray. Lord, bring her back. And the Lord, help my brother to get delivered from drinking. And he goes, yeah, but preacher, please pray. So he leaves. I don't see him for like four, five, six months. I don't remember how long. It was a long time. Sure enough, I'm down front praying. He comes back. Go, goes, preacher, pray. My wife, she left me again. I says, well, she came back? Yeah, you prayed. She came back. <laughs> I said, that's great. What happened? He goes, I start drinking again. I says, Oh. <laughs> I said, I was like, well, that's why I was saying you need the Lord. You need to submit to him. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes, no, oh, no, preacher, please pray she comes back. <laughs> I kid you not. I said, let's pray. We prayed. Lord, bring her back and please soften my brother's heart. Deliver him from drinking. And, and he's crying. He's weeping. He leaves. And I mean, it goes on again. Another three, four months. He's gone. He comes back. Same story. Preacher, she's gone. I go, don't tell me. You're drinking again. I am drinking again. <laughs> I go, do you see? I mean, I I think off the top, it happened at least three times, maybe four times. In this pattern, I'm like, don't you see? You need to be, you know what? She might not come back next time. You need Christ. You you need to make him Lord. We prayed that he would, and I I haven't seen him since. So I, I, I trust that, you know, he's delivered. You see, we can pray for things, and things can happen. But truly what God wants, he wants to be Lord over everything. He wants us to have power over sin. He wants to deliver us. He wants to be king of kings and lord of lords. Even in our lives today, individually, yes, he will be the king of kings. He will be the lord of lords when he walks this earth, when he comes back the second time. But personally, in each one of our lives, he wants to be your king. He wants to rule over you. He wants to be your lord. Lord means you're submitted to his lordship. And it's a reminder for us. Amen? Amen. Back in our text, to go with that, Luke 6, uh, 46. Jesus said, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? So you have many people who call him Lord, Lord, but they're not really doing what he's asked, and they don't have the power of the Spirit working in their lives. Back in our text. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, That you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and all those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. John sees an angel. Do you notice where he's standing? Standing in the sun. I don't know if you've ever looked directly at the sun. It's not easy to see something when it's in the sun. Some say that he was probably brighter than the sun. He's just like standing there, brighter than the sun. And he calls out with a loud voice. Typically when you hear an angel calling out with a loud voice, it means judgment's coming. Typically that's what it means, judgment's coming. It's exactly what's happening. Judgment's coming. And he calls the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, in the midst of the sky, and he tells them to come gather for the supper of the great God. Interesting, chapter 19, we have two suppers. We have two feasts. Remember, we have the, the first one is the, the feast of the lamb, the, the wedding feast of the, of the bride. It's our marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a feast. And for us, as the bride of Christ, we're going to feast. We're going to have a great meal. Those that are in this story, those that will be fighting in this battle, that will be on the ground, they're going to be the meal. The vultures are going to come. The birds are going to come and, and eat. Do you remember that movie, The Birds? Remember that? But that's what's going to happen. There's going to, the birds of the air are going to come, and they're going to feast on people. These are wicked people. These are evil people. Notice they won't get a burial. Their bodies are going to be eaten by these birds. They won't get a proper burial. Flesh, 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 flesh. Six times in five verses we read flesh, flesh, flesh. These men are men of flesh that are going to die. They're men that reject the love of Christ. They're men that reject the grace of God. And because they reject the love of Christ and the grace of God, they will experience the wrath of God. God is all loving. God is all merciful. He wants to save all mankind, but he creates men with a free will to make a choice to accept or reject his son, Jesus Christ. These people over and over and over again, they kept rejecting Jesus, rejecting Jesus, and there will be punishment because in our flesh dwells no good thing. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless
0: you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettig an Outreach of Calvary Chapel of Arbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now. At 714-788-8221 That's 714-788-8221 Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.